The following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We want to continue uh, our series on worship. Um, I would like uh, you to turn to Romans chapter 1. We're not going to spend, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. This is not where I'm going to preach from, but I do want to preach under the umbrella of this verse. Um, actually, when Dan preached a few, Dan Peters preached a few weeks back, he uh, used it. I want to use it as well, just as kind of a covering over the text that we are going to use. Um, I will remind us again that Brene uh, identified worship as um, our response to who God is. And it's just good to know that it isn't about what he does. Now, the reality is that he does who he is. You can't separate what he does from who he is because he isn't like you and I. He, he doesn't change. So what he does is constantly who he is. Uh, he doesn't give something outside of himself. If you've received something from God, you've received him. He always gives who he is. Amen? And so... In the flow of that, I wanted to read Romans chapter uh, 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, in chapter 11, we want to establish why, what do you mean, therefore, why, what do you, Therefore, what? In chapter 11, he has been writing about the awesome truth that Israel is God's people. Amen? That is a truth and that is a reality. And in Romans chapter 11, Paul is celebrating the fact and pointing out to us the fact that we as Gentiles, if you're is there anyone in the room this morning that was born Jewish? Okay. Then this message is for you. Paul is celebrating the fact that uh, we were born Gentiles and we were outside of the commonwealth of God. We were not citizens of his kingdom. We were not his children. We were alien and strangers to him. And we had no agreement, no covenant with God. We had nothing to do with him and he had nothing to do with us. But in the goodness and the grace of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul points out in chapter 11, we were grafted in to the vine. Amen. We, you, you all understand grafting. We were grafted into the vine. We were as a branch, if we could say it that way, of Gentile branch grafted into the vine or the tree of all of the promises and all of the history and all of the wonderful relationship that Israel had with God. And now we are a part of that. And now the two are made one, Jew, uh, Jew and Gentile and all of that. So it's under that 
covering that the Apostle Paul is saying, therefore I beg of you, because of this awesome privilege and this grace that has been stowed upon us, I beg of you, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. When we talk about worship, this morning I want to talk about, um, you know, there's a scripture that says we are to pray without ceasing, and I have found you can do that. I want to talk this morning about worshiping without ceasing. Now, I'm not talking about a real, real long worship service. Settle down. I'm talking about a lifestyle because the reality is worship isn't a 20-minute time of music. Worship is a lifestyle of our life toward God. It is presenting this body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, as a living sacrifice to God. Every aspect of my life is a sacrifice to God. And in that sense, we can be in a place of perpetual worship. I appreciated the prophetic word this morning that Rochelle had, because the reality is that can sound like an overwhelming task to present my body as a living sacrifice unless I get spiritual help. And the exhortation prophetically this morning was grab a hold of that which is in the spirit and bring it into your very life and into your very being. In many ways, that is part of the process of worship. That which I worship him to be now becomes me. Whoa, that rhymes. (laughs) That which I worship him to be becomes me. That is to say, as I worship him as the, as the, the awesome lover of my soul, there is, grows within me a love. Have you ever noticed when the presence of God is in a room, the softness that's there and the gentleness and the... You men, we tend to be a little harder Sometimes a little rougher around the edges. Well, I'll speak for myself. I don't want to speak for you because I'm sure you're all just teddy bears. But I can be a little rough around the edges. But I find I get in the presence of God and there's just a softness and a tenderness to come to me that is not me. Or that is bigger than me, and softer than me, and sweeter than me, and kinder than me, and more joyful than me, and more loving than me. And you know what that's called? It's called the fruit of the Spirit. His nature just gets all over me, and I can't help it but be a better me. That's why we cultivate His presence. Why do I value the presence of God? Because I really need it. Because it changes me. 
because it fuels me, because it builds into me his character and his nature. And as I present my body as a living sacrifice, and as I declare him for who he is, I become more like him. It does not matter who is in this room this morning. I can tell you your destiny. Oh, good. We're going to have a prophetic line and go along and prophesy over everyone. No. You are predestined to be conformed to the image of God's dear son. There's your destiny. I don't know what I want to do with my life. Become more like Jesus. And so this privilege of presenting my body. And see, we have the privilege. In fact, Rochelle's prophetic word pointed out the fact that we do have a will. We have a free will. And I don't have to present this body if I don't want to. But the exhortation was, do it. Dave's exhortation concerning our weaknesses and our sin, really the only answer for that is to present this body as a living sacrifice and let him put life into it. But now it's his life, not mine. It's his will, not mine. I said I wasn't going to preach from this text. Next verse goes on to say, uh, do not be conformed to this world. And I just want to give perspective to what's going on in this day around the globe. There is a battle that is being waged and it is so visible against good and evil. Some of what we see going on in all different camps, in different nations, in all different ways, is really a warfare against God. And it's a warfare against truth. It's a warfare against that which is right, and that which is pure, and that which is noble. It is a warfare against a a, a declaration even of our own nation All men are created equal. There's a warfare against that. And there is a warfare against the simple, realistic truths of God. Plural. And we just need to understand that we can't allow the spirit of the world to cause us to conform to anything that goes along with that. We worship a God who is a source of truth, who is a source of life, who is a source of right and wrong, who is a source of honoring, and exhorts us to honor one another and to respect one another. So we get to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. I would like us to turn to our text this morning. Colossians chapter 3 and beginning at verse 12. The reality is that they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. And our worship of God is spiritual and our interaction with God is spiritual. 
And so it's more about the inner man than it is the outer man. But guess what? The inner man needs the outer man to get your bottom to church. I was going to say but, but I thought that wouldn't be good. So your bottom to church. Your inner man needs your outer man or your body to clap, to dance, to sit, to lay, to worship, to cry, to laugh. And so the inner man needs the presentation and it is a decision of the will. How many of you have ever had your body argue with what your inner man is saying you should do? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm talking to the right crowd. <laughs> yeah, there is that reality of the outward man and the inward man. The Apostle Paul said, the outward man is perishing, and some of us know that very well. Just saying. But the reality, the inward man is being renewed day by day. And worship is not about the outward man. It's about the inward man. Why do people dance during worship sometimes? I would suggest because they can't help it. Or because they choose to. Why do some people stand still while they worship? Because they can't help it. Because they choose to. Which is better, dancing or standing still? Both the same. Doesn't matter. It's worship. Because it, why? Because it isn't about, about the outer man. It's about the inner man guiding and directing the outer man. So we do present our bodies as a living sacrifice and the inner man um, is called to represent who God is. Remember, we worship, uh, our, our worship is a response to who he is. So if we're going to be talking about um, worship 24-7, then here's the deal. We just simply represent who he is all the time. You're looking at me funny. Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12. Therefore, oh, another therefore. He has just been talking about uh, choosing Christ over carnality. Even as we heard uh, Pastor Dave prophesy, choosing Christ over uh, our natural fleshly reactions. Therefore, as the elect of God, everyone say, I am the elect of God. Believe it. You are chosen of God. You are special to Him. You are, let's read on, put, uh, you are holy and you are beloved. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Bear with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. 
But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I thought we were going to talk about worship. We are. We're talking about living in a perpetual worship. Here's the deal. Jesus said it this way. If you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that you are out of sorts with your brother, leave your gift there and go get it right with your brother. John the Apostle said it a little bit more stronger. He said, don't tell me you love God if you hate your brother. How can you possibly love a God who you cannot see if you can't even get along with the brother who you can see? I want to suggest that in our discussion of worship, we have to talk about our relationships on this level. We just do. And it's okay. And I appreciated, in fact, Dave, thank you for softening my word. Prophetically, in advance. But the reality is that we need those qualities that we just read. They are the fruit of the Spirit. And not everything that looks like fruit is fruit. In fact, if it looks too good, I mean, look at that. That is not fruit. Guarantee it. We need to allow, even as we've heard prophetically through both voices, we need to allow for the uh, character of God to be working in our lives. And guess where it shows up? It doesn't show up as I stand and uh, glorifying and magnifying God. It shows up when I relate to you. Or to you. You know. And in this discussion concerning living a life of worship, it is important for us to understand that our relationships are very significant. Why? Because I must worship, my God is a spirit, and I must worship him spirit, inner man, to spirit, but I also must worship him in truth. You know, it wouldn't be beyond Bob to put a real one in there. In fact, I thought of it, but I forgot to pick one up. This one looks more real. But only God knows. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I'm not telling. <laughs> Only God knows. And if I come before him, I can come before him with wonderful exuberance or tears running down my face. And, but God knows. And that's not a threat. That, that, should, that should bring us great security, even as we heard prophetically. Because so what? So I don't worship? No, I worship, but I also ask for forgiveness, as we read in our text. I, I get it right. First with my God, and then I let him infuse me, even as we heard prophetically, I pull from the Spirit that which I need to carry me through my life to make sure everything is right with those around me. This is very real. You know what I learned years ago? If I was out of sorts with anybody on a Sunday morning when I had to preach, if I was out of sorts with anybody, kids, wife, anybody in the body, it hindered me from being free to just be me and flow. And that's true for all of us, whether we preach or not. The reality is that part of my assignment on that particular Sunday morning my worship was preaching. My representation of who God is was the privilege to preach His Word. But if, I, if, if, if things are not good on this level, then it hinders the vertical. You, under, you, hear, you hear my heart? And so my exhortation to us all is just to allow our pressing into worship to change us. And as I celebrate who he is, I get the privilege of having him become uh, greater in my life. It changes us. His presence, in his presence is fullness of joy. And part of the joy that we get to experience is uh, the transaction as we even heard prophetically, I pull and lay hold of the Spirit and pull into my life that which will carry me through my day. I believe that's why it is helpful, not, not a must, not necessary, but I believe that's why it is helpful to start our day with, a little, with some time with God. Because I pull... I, 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 as your day is, so shall your strength be. As I pull from this presence of God, a refreshing for myself, as I fill up, if I could say it that way, charge the battery, however you want to say it, I am in a better position. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm in a better position to be free to relate to people in a healthy, positive way. Amen? And it's all part of worship, and it is a lifestyle worship. It is a worshiping without ceasing. Let's continue. 
and let, whole, and let, let it happen. Something's going to take place here now. Let it happen. That's what we heard prophetically through Rochelle, really. Let it happen. Something can happen, but we've got to let it happen. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Can I just say one of the most powerful things that you can release in your life is thankfulness. One of the most powerful things that we can be, and, and it can become habitual, to become habitually thankful. I believe part of worshiping without ceasing is to be going through my day with a thankful heart and an awareness of all that God has given me, to the awareness that I've been grafted into a vine. Awareness of the hope of, of heaven. Awareness of the hope of uh, God not um, giving up on me. Yeah, it's bruised. I admit it. Sorry, Lisa, and anyone else who decorates. <laughs> Is it real? Only God knows. So, we let, we allow it to happen, the peace of God rule in your heart. You know you do not have to create the peace, it's available. There's two things that Jesus left the church, I believe. He left it to the disciples. He, he distinctly said two things. He said, I'm, I'm, before I go, this is before the cross now. He said, there's two things I'm going to leave you before I go. The first one was peace. And the second one was joy. And I have come to understand that's significant because that means those two things I do not have to produce in my life. They are available to me. And in my flow of worshiping throughout the day, in my flow of thankfulness throughout the day, I find that thankfulness has a twin brother and his name is joy. And it is in the process of just uh, worshiping without ceasing. And I can be going about my day, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I can go about my day in a spirit of thankfulness and adoration for God. I can talk to you, and I can be thanking God. I can be thanking God that this conversation is not going to last long, and I get to walk away. <laughs> No, but seriously, we can be thanking God. I remember the first time I was fairly young Christian, I was roofing a Jewish 
building in, on Ford Parkway in St. Paul, Lubavitch House. It was a school for uh, Jewish kids. And I, I worked for them for roughly a, a year. Interacted with the rabbis and all that. It was, it was really quite um, educational. But I remember being on the roof fixing a leak. Wasn't, I didn't do it. But they had a leak and there was a shingle problem. So I was shingling and I was aware. It might even have had to do with the building I was on. But anyway, I was aware that I could be about my mindless job of shingling and there was this divine exchange between God the Father and me. Just And I could worship and there was a peace and there was a joy and there was the inner man was connecting with heaven while I was carrying out my business on earth. That's what it means to worship unceasingly. And an awareness of God in the midst of an awareness of people, in walking in right relationship with people. Somebody turned my page. So, <laughs> okay, bless you. We're going to bless you as you go. Father, we just thank you for Marge. We thank you. Continue to build strength into her life in Jesus' name. 91 years old. Amen. God. Yeah, give her a hand. Yeah. Bless her, Lord. Bless them. So not only do we let the peace of God, next verse, there's something else we get to let. There's something else that we get to let happen. Let the word of God or the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in, my, in your heart. We get to let the Word of God do its work within us. We get to yield, even as I present, we're, we're under the umbrella of presenting my body. This actual, it's not some metaphorical thing. It is this natural flesh and blood body. I get to present it to God, and I, let, and I, I present it as a sacrifice and let the Word of God work in me. That means the Lord can bring to me a conviction, a challenge, an encouragement, whatever the case may be. But we need to let it happen. And then this. Worshiping without ceasing is right here in verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father 
through him. All that you do can become worship. I, I believe one of the biggest revelations that we, the body of Christ, need to understand when it comes to wor uh, worship is that our work is worship. Whatever you do, whether you're a homemaker, uh, whether you're out in the marketplace, whatever you do, work can be worship when it's done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's absolute worship unto him. Do you realize that when God set Adam and Eve in the garden, they had work to do? It wasn't this paradise of lawn chairs on a beach. It was a garden that needed tending and cultivating. And not only that, but they were given the work of expanding it. But in our understanding that work is worship, you know that God worked? It says he worked for six days, but then he rested. In our understanding that our work is our worship, we also need to learn how to rest. And rest is worship. All you wives that have honey-do lists for your husband, I encourage you to put on that list a day of rest. If you want to get really spiritual, a day to keep the Sabbath holy. Now, I understand that Jesus Christ became our rest and we allows us to cease from our works as it relates to trying to win God's approval and all that. But I am a firm believer and we've are going to work harder at practicing it. Uh, I am becoming a firm believer. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> I'm a firm believer <laughs> that we do need to set aside a day for rest. Now, understand this. That can be deer hunting, that can be fishing, that can be a lot of things. And I know this, Jesus will go with you. But it is a day of allowing for this body that we have made a living sacrifice. It needs rest. And it needs to set aside time to reflect and to restore. And I encourage you in that. I encourage us in that. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, can be worship. If it's done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, unto the glory of the Father. What are you laughing at? <laughs> we got two days of rest. Can we hear three? Anyone for three? <laughs> uh, 
Well, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word to us. We thank you for the preached word. We thank you for the prophesied word. We thank you for the word of exhortation. Father, we just celebrate you. We do purpose. Let's stand together. We purpose even as we stand. Ha! You volunteered whether you knew it or not. We purpose to dedicate our lives to a lifestyle of worship, recognizing that we can go about our day as normal, but it's under the umbrella and the covering of presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, and we walk and live and have our being in Him, and we move and we walk out our life in the name of Jesus Christ, to the glory of God the Father, and that gives it purpose, that gives it meaning, that is a worship you with our behavior. Father, if there be, if there in, in any of us is there are those who we're out of sorts with, may we make it right. May we take the time to represent our God properly and to extend the forgiveness that we've had extended to us. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.